original language there, the words that were not translated, where they gave you the inclination to believe that what Samuel was doing, the greatest, one of the greatest prophets that ever lived, he was going before the presence of God on a daily basis and rehashing all of his disgust. He was rehashing all the hurt that he felt. He was mourning for Saul. Not only was he telling God over and over and over how bad things was, he was crying over spilt milk. And the exact language that God asked him, and he asked him several questions in that, that I'm going to read to you in a minute, but the first question he asked him is he said, Will you continually come in my presence from here to the day you die or even all the way through eternity and rehash to me this situation that is dead and this account that is dead and I have deemed him to be dead because that that you've asked of me, which is what Saul means, what is asked of the Lord, what you have asked of me, you have received it and I have rejected that rule over you. He said he will not reign over you anymore. He will not reign over the house of Israel anymore. The word Israel there means that you are to rule as God would rule. So God is saying that the King Saul was what the people asked for and it was the heart of the people. And God is saying in this scripture, I'm doing a new thing. And in the new thing, I am rejecting that Saul that has been reigning on you and over you all of your life. And I have another king ready for you. But it is your responsibility to get busy to go and align yourself with the king. So tonight, God wants me to elaborate on that a little bit more. Because not only is the fact the truth that what God has already told us, he has said that this account that we are hanging on to and we're trying to pray something through, God said, I've rejected that because I am doing something brand new in my church. I'm doing something brand new in my people's heart. I'm bringing a brand new anointing in my house. In other words, what God is plainly saying is, there today, he says, I'm through with it. I'm literally through with it. It's done. It's over. I've, I've done this. And you know, many times in your life, when you quit a job, before you ever quit that job, you were already done with that job long before you ever left it. Amen? You'd already made up your mind you was there. You quit before you resigned. You leave something before you left it. If you ever left a relationship, you left that relationship long before you actually got in your car and you went away from that. Amen? And God has told me to come stand before this church and to tell this church one more time, this mess that has happened in the church for so many years, even the bad reputation this church has had for many, many, many decades ago is over in the name of Jesus Christ. It is done in the name of Jesus. It's over. His heart is out of that mess. Once your heart is out of something, you're out of something. And when God has put his heart out of something, you can try all you want to. You can't put it back in there. Amen. God says, I've rejected it. I'm over with it. He says, I've left it. And I've left it a long time ago. And I'm telling you, God got a little angry with Samuel. And he said, how much longer are you going to sit there and you're going to grumble and you're going to complain to me over and over and over again about Saul? I've already told you I've rejected him. He said, what I want you to do is I want you to fill up your horn with oil and I want you to go. I want you to go to the family of Jesse. That word Jesse means a firm gift 
that will give you a survival that you can feed off of and you can survive on. He said, I want you to go to the family of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, which means in the house of God. And he says, in there I have provided for me a king. That word provided means I have been looking and watching a king in his house. I want you to ask your neighbor, say, has God seen that king in you yet? So in 15, verse number 34, God comes to Samuel, and this is how the, the, the situation uh, came about. In verse number 34, he said to him in 1 Samuel, and I'm in 2 Samuel, y'all bear with me, I'm going to flip over real quick. I turned the wrong place, but that's all right. We'll get it there in just a few minutes. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter number 30, uh, 15, verse 34. It said, Then Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his house to Gibeah of Saul. And Samuel came no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord repented that he had made Saul king over Israel. Now I want you to notice here that Samuel was the prophet over Israel. And Saul was the king over Israel. And they worked hand in hand in the movement and in the kingdom of Almighty God. And now God has rejected Saul. And it must come about that Samuel separates from Saul and never sees Saul again the rest of his life. When he dies, he can go pay his respects. But he cannot in any way, shape, or form go back into the presence of Saul because God has demanded for Samuel to separate himself from Saul. God has commanded the church to separate themselves from the Saul that has been running us in our life. He's wanting us to separate. So everybody holler out and say, separate now. So he goes on and he said, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thy horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel says, listen to this, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he'll kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with thee, and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceably. How powerful is a man of God when he shows up in the house or he shows up in the town that everybody in the town is scared to death wanting to know if he's coming to judge them or he's coming to lift them back up. I believe God is going to raise up some new Samuels in the next few years in this church and in other churches. Amen. And verse number five, it said, and he said, I've come peaceably. I'm come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourself and come with me to the sacrifice. Everybody holler out and say, sanctify yourself. Now look at me. I can't sanctify you. Janice can't sanctify you. Mama won't never be able to sanctify you. Daddy won't never be able to sanctify you. Your pastor can't sanctify you. Your Sunday class school teacher can't sanctify you. God can only be the one that can sanctify you, but he can't sanctify you until you sanctify yourself. That word sanctify means I set my life apart and I get ready for a situation. I'm giving everything that I have unto God. Everything that I've got is yours, Lord. I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life I fell on my knees and I prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, everything I've got is yours. Whatever you need me to do, whatever amount of money that you've given me is yours. Whatever you tell me to do with it, I will do it. If it's my car you want, if it's my, my possessions that you want, my bank accounts you want, it's yours. After all, it's not mine anyway. You gave it to me to manage so you tell me what to do with it so I can keep living water alive. 
And that's the type of attitude that we've got to have in the church here. Someone say amen like you mean it. He said, sanctify yourself and come to the sacrifice. Somebody in here today needs to realize, and I hope you hear this online, those of you that are not here tonight, since you, I guess the storm scared you away a little bit tonight, but you've got to sanctify yourself and you've got to get busy and you've got to start coming to the place of sacrifice. You've got to get to the point to where you're ready to sacrifice whatever it takes to get what you need in your life from God. And he goes further there, and he says, and he sanctified Jesse and his sons, and he called them to the sacrifice. Yeah, look at your neighbor right beside me and say, God called you to the sacrifice. I wonder where you are. Are you on the way? Are you there? Have you already gave him everything that he's asked of you? Are you still waiting? Are you still fighting with him? Are you still trying to understand what you need to do? And you got to have everything hunky-dory before you ever start working things for the Lord in your life. I share with you this morning, God said there's a time for you to mourn. There's a time for you to cry. But there comes a time when God has rejected something. you got to separate from that stuff and you got to leave it alone. So God goes on and he says, And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointing is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance nor on the height of his stature, because I've refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadad and made him pass before Samuel, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse came to Shammah and to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel, and Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel finally said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, Well, there remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he comes hither. Now David was the eighth child of Jesse. The number eight is symbolic of a brand new beginning. In seven days, God created the earth or recreated the earth, restored the earth. And at that point in time, on the eighth day, he set the deal in motion. On the eighth day, a brand new thing is coming. So God is directing us to this passage because God is saying, this is the year of a brand new beginning. Behold, I'm doing a new thing and you've got to cut off Saul in your life so that you can go forward and that you can grasp a hold of what God has for you in this new era. Someone say amen like you mean it now. All right now. And he says, go on. He said, Samuel said, are here all thy children? He said, there remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he cut keep of the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he comes hither. And he sent and he brought him in. Now he was ruddy and withal a beautiful countenance and goodly to look at. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil. I want to talk to you about the horn of oil in just a minute. The horn of oil was the horn that came off of the ram's head. And what they would do is they would take that ram's horn and they would pour the olive oil that had been consecrated unto God in the temple, in that their temple, in that horn of oil, horn of oil. And then they would take wax and they would put wax over the top of that horn. And the wax was what was to keep that horn from pouring out the oil. And get this, when a priest or a prophet went to anoint someone, if it was not God's will for the anointing oil to come out of that horn, the wax would not melt. 
And if the wax would melt, that's when you knew this is what God is saying and this is who God wants to be anointed. That's how Samuel knew when Eliab walked in front of him. He walked up there with that horn of oil and he poured it over the top of his head and it wouldn't melt the wax. When Shama come out in front of him, he took that horn of oil and he poured it over the top of him and it wouldn't melt the wax. All of the other five came in front of him and he took the horn of oil and he poured it over the top of his head and it would not melt the wax. But when David came in, who was a man after the heart of God, there was a burning flame on the inside of his spirit and that flame leaped from inside of his spirit, so to speak, and melted that wax and the holy anointing oil of the Lord came down on David. I wonder in your life right now if you got enough of power with the Holy Ghost to melt the wax of the anointing that God wants for you. Look at somebody say you got to melt this wax. Mm -hmm. So you got to have enough of fire on the inside of you that when God is ready to anoint somebody, you got enough of passion, you got enough of fire, you got enough of desire, you got your heart so in the right place and you're aligned in the right point. So when you finally get under the rod of mind up with God and God's hand of the Holy Ghost begins to pour out His holy anointing all on you, the wax is anointed, is melted, and the anointing flows down on you. And that's what this church has got to do. We got to get in alignment and get on powerful for God with a passion enough to melt this wax. Mm. Boy, that's a deep spiritual truth right there. Just look up at the Lord tonight before we go further and say, Lord, can I melt that wax? Ask Him again. Say, Lord, can I melt that wax? If you can't melt that wax tonight, you need to fall on your knees before we leave here and ask God to give you the power to melt that wax because there is an anointing that God has for you. There is an anointing that God has got for his church in this last day. There is an anointing that's going to change everything. Saul is going to be gone in your life and David is going to come and rule and he's going to become one of the most richest kings that there is and ever been in your life. God is ready to anoint you, but you got to have something that literally causes the wax to melt out of that ram's horn and God can anoint you and use you in a mighty way and you might ask me Kip what's it going to take to melt that wax the Bible says God said I was looking and watching and seeing in the house of Jesse a king and this king is a man that was after my heart look at somebody say are you after his heart now he won't like God in the kind of way he had a whole lot of problems had a whole lot of issues but out there in the backside of the desert with sheep and nobody else to hear him he wasn't putting on no show he'd sit down there with a little harp and he'd sing praises unto the Lord and he'd sing until the glory of God come down on him and outside in the back of the desert when nobody even knew where he was nobody knew what he was doing he didn't have to wait to get into church to lift his hand he didn't have to wait to get into the church to shout and to dance and to have a good time he didn't have to wait to have somebody tell him you need to pray he didn't have to wait for somebody to say you need to write God a song out in the middle of nowhere with nobody else nobody looking at him he developed a relationship with God and he was after the heart of God that's what God is looking for right now that's what God is needing in the church right now God is looking for a, a Christian today, a child of God that loves God so much that it don't matter wherever it's at that God wants you to praise Him, raise your hands, shout hallelujah, dance wherever it's at. You ain't putting on a show for nobody else. You're there to celebrate the presence of Almighty God and you're wanting God to show up in your life. You see, Jesse was the last one that they, I'm sorry, David was the last one of Jesse's kids that was called. He was the black sheep of the family. Nobody didn't like him. In fact, there was a rumor 
that Jesse was not his real daddy and he was treated almost like dirt. In fact, if you'll read the story of him, Eliab, later on when he went to go kill Goliath, had the jealousy over him because he was being favorited by God and Eliab didn't like that. He was always ostracized. People talked about him. His family didn't want to be around him. But God saw something in the heart of this young man that no man of a man saw and God took that flame on the inside of his heart and he caused this young man to melt the wax so that he could walk in the anointing of Almighty God. Oh, I mean, we need some Davids in the house of God tonight. Amen. Verse 12 said, And he sent and he brought him in. He was ruddy and withal a beautiful countenance and goodly to look on. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. The Holy Ghost came upon David. I am waiting for the hour in this church that we can get the fire so hot that it'll melt the wax that, that God has that is holding back the anointing and it will release the very anointing and the power of Almighty God and it'll fall down on this church like rain and the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of the Lord will come down and cascade from the top of our head to the sole of our feet and nobody would be able to walk out of here without a dousing of the power of Almighty God. I told you that we were entering into a brand new era and that Jesus was standing up on the throne and Jesus on the throne where he was anointed all the oil that didn't fall down and leave his body on top of the head cut to his lap and now in this last day Jesus is standing up at the side of his throne and he's receiving the Stephens into the kingdom of heaven right now and the anointing power that's there in the, his lap is about to splash out all over his church get ready get in the right position align yourself get your passion hard enough so that you can melt, melt the wax that is in that their horn Oh, and God will use you and bless you in a mighty way coming down the next few years. Amen. Amen. He said, and it came upon him from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Look at verse 13. But the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Ghost, departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. That's where we are right now in the church. That's where we've been in the church. So many people are holding on to Saul. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. You must not hear what I'm saying. We need to understand that God has rejected Saul. And now God has looked to the Samuels that's in the church today. And he said, now Saul is still king. But now here's what you got to do. You got to quit holding on to what's in place. And you got to go and seek something that I've been saying I'm going to bring into the future. You got to move and do something. And you got to do it while that Saul is still sitting on the throne. That's why Samuel looked at him and he said, What? Well, how in the world can I go and anoint a king? We got a king. He's sitting there in the throne. And if he hears that I'm going to anoint a king and anoint his replacer, I know the man and I know him real good. He'll seek to kill me. And God said, What you got to do is you got to rise up from that state that you're in, holding on and mourning over the situation you're in. And I will lead you and guide you and direct you and carry you into the house of God and give you a gift of survival that you can feel on for the rest of your life because I got a brand new king that I'm ready to install over your life. Amen. God is ready right now in the church to install a brand new king in the church. Someone shout out amen. amen. He said, I, how in the world can I go? He's there. He's going to want to kill me. And God said, you got to get up, fill your oil and go. You got to go in there. I want you to know something that I preached to y'all Wednesday night about decreeing something. 
I decreed many years ago I was broke. I wasn't able to go forward this here accident that I had. It took almost about all the money that I had. My, my life at the time was not working. Trevor was in school. I didn't know where money was coming. And I got ornery and I got hard-headed. And I looked up and I said, Lord, now I'm going to put you to the test. I've been in the church all of my life and you allowed this to happen to me. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to start decreeing money in my bank account because I don't want to lose what I worked hard for. And I don't know where all the money comes from, baby. But I never got laid on any payment. I never had my water cut off. I never had my lights cut off. I never had them even call the house to ask where the money was. God bless me when they want a dime coming into the house. When you decree something or another in the middle of your situation, you shall receive it. And God said, in this hour right now, I have given you the power to decree and you'll have it to you immediately. And you will be able to command the works of my hand. You'll be able to command the creation to do what thus saith Almighty God and it'll have to do it. Now God is saying, but you've got to let hold, let loose and let uh, Saul in your life be gone out of your life and you've got to move and get away from him. The question is, how in the world can I go anoint Saul's replacement when Saul is still on the throne? Well, while you're going to find this king and get yourself aligned in the right alignment with the Lord, Saul is still on the throne. So God says to tell you, first off, you're going to have to use discretion. You're going to have to go and you're going to have to use discretion because Saul is still in the, the, the kingdom. He's not there. He's, he's not gone. He's still there. You've got to use discretion because your future is outside of there, but you're going to have to use discretion. You see, there's a whole lot of people that lose the opportunity to step into the future because they give out too, many, too much information to their past. Oh, can I say that again? Y'all ain't hearing me. There are some people that can never reach into the future because they give out too much information about their past. There's some things in your life that God don't want you to disclose to everybody. But there are some things that God says when you go to do it, you've got to be discreet about it. He said when you start to go over there, he said what I want you to do is go around your elbow, so to speak, to get to your thumb. I want you to go and grab a sacrifice and tell Saul that you're going to have a sacrifice, that you're not going to go and replace but, but when you get where you need to go, he says I'm going to be able to bring and align you in the right place so that that new king in your life is going to bust out and it's going to literally take over. And from this point on, there's going to be a change in the house of Israel. Amen. So I believe tonight that God is telling us that we've got to use discretion. I'm talking to somebody tonight. Some of us need to shut up our mouth and quit telling everybody everything that we've heard from the Lord. We need to wait a few minutes because God has got something for you dramatically. But God is saying unto us that there's something that we've got to do. Now, here's some things that God has told me to come bring to you tonight. Samuel was told by God, get up out of the situation you're in. Let Saul go. Get rid of that stuff. That king is not going to rule over you anymore. i got a brand new future for you. And you're a key player in your future. Look at your neighbor and say, you hold your future in your hand. Now let me share something with you. It's not sometimes you are blessed with something that God don't intend for you to keep. I didn't get an amen on that. Sometimes you are blessed with something that God does not intend for you to keep. God told Samuel, he said, I am going to give you the anointing of David and you're going to carry the anointing of David where David is at. He said, and David can't be anointed unless you can be the one that will carry 
carry him through all of the reign of Saul and find David and bring the anointing that I give to you to deliver to him. If you don't do it, David ain't going to be anointed. So sometimes in your life, God will bless you with something that is somebody else's just so you can hold on to it long enough as an avenue to be the one that gets it to him. I want you to turn to your neighbor right beside me and say, have you got some of my money? Turn it another right beside me and say, do you live in my house? Are you driving my car? Has anybody ever had anybody give you anything? Has anybody ever had somebody give you a car? Oh, I just had somebody give me a car. Well, that God gave that person that car, and they used that car, but that car wasn't intended for that person. That car was intended for you, and God gave that person that car. They might have held on to it for a year or two, but the whole plan behind that car was that God gave it to so-and-so so that he could bless you with it. And sometimes in the church, God will give the people the anointing that is needed in the last days and tell them you supervise that anointing and you get it ready. And when those people finally get in a pour it out on them. When they finally get to the point to where their passion and the flame that's burning on the inside of them get hot enough to melt that wax, that's when you'll pour it out on them. But I want you to hold on to it. Don't you release it. Don't you give it to nobody else. You wait until the day that in your life is coming into your life because I will give you his anointing but you got to deliver when I say to deliver it. Are y'all following me? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, get in David's alignment. In other words, God wants you to go to where your king is and God wants you to anoint the king because you are carrying something that's not really meant for you. It's meant for somebody else. There are certain people in this church right now that's hearing me. You are the key to the new era. You are the key to the brand new move of the power of the Holy Ghost. You are the key to brand new miracles going on in this church. You are the key to gifts of healing flowing in this church. You are the key of that. And God has gave you that anointing. I want you to turn around look at the people. They have that that anointing, but you have got to get to the point to where your passion and your flame is burning so hot that the white wax says they're holding that their anointing back will be melted by the power of the Holy Ghost. Boy, I'm helping somebody if you listen to me tonight. Amen. So we've got the number one thing he told them to do. He said, You have got to go and be discretion, use discretion. The reason you have took so much turbulence in your life is, 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 is you have been given something by God that's somebody else's and you're talking too much about it. Sometimes God said, just shut up. Go out there. Tell them what they think they need. Well, I, I want them to know. Don't tell them no more because when I get you where I want you to be in the house of God and I've given you that gift that's going to help you survive, I'm going to put you in contact with the David in your life that you're going to be able to anoint. And when you anoint him, not only is your life going to change, not only is the life of your children going to change, not only is the worship in your church going to change, not only is the praise of your church going to change, the praise of your nation, the worship of your nation is going to change. God is waiting for some people that literally in our life know that we've got to go forth and let Saul loose and anoint David. God said in the last days I'm going to restore the tabernacle of David. If he does that then he's got to have some Davids in the church. Amen. Somebody throw up your hands right now and so say Lord tell me what to say. I just want to say I want to be able to speak in season exactly the way you want me to speak. Lord, tell me what I need to say, what I need to do, because you see that Saul does not want that uh, that David to come into your life. God don't want that. And I want you to know right now, you have got to be able to use discretion. Secondly, you've got to be able to use discernment. Amen. 
Now where I'm getting ready to take you, God says, you can't lean on your own understanding. Because if, when you go in there, you're going to see some things that you think that God wants you to anoint. You're going to look at that brand new Rolls Royce and think that's in your future. Oh, help us, Lord. You're going to think that Rolls Royce is in your future because you got the money to buy it. But God didn't give you that money to buy that Rolls Royce. God don't want you to anoint that Rolls Royce in your future because that Rolls Royce is not in your future. Amen. Let's preach to the preacher a little while. Right now, Tina's got me where I've got to be out there looking for houses right now. I've been carrying a Betty around, and we've been looking at houses, getting Betty's opinion on what this house looks like, and all this stuff like this here, and what she thinks about it, trying to get a kindred spirit in there together, so I'll know exactly what. We got the money to buy the house of every one that we've looked at, but God may not want us to buy the house over yonder, and He might not want us to buy the house yonder, and He might not want to buy the house over yonder, but when God says, all right, this is it, rise up and anoint it, God will use that house. He'll give it to us free and clear. Nobody will have it become an asset for us, and God will use it in his glory just like he'll use David. Sometimes just because it looks pretty don't mean it's supposed to be yours. Oh my Lord, I'm preaching pretty good tonight. Amen. Just because that girl looks real good to me don't mean that's your wife. Just because that's the church you're going to and it feels alright, that don't mean that God wants you there sometimes. Oh help us Lord. Say Amen. You got to have discernment. You got to begin to understand. And you got to begin to really understand and not lean to your own understanding. Just because God gave you $100,000 and you can afford a Rolls Royce does not mean you're supposed to drive a Rolls Royce. Amen. Amen. Just because God gave you the gift of understanding the Word does not mean He called you to be a pastor just yet. You've got to wait and lean to the understanding of the Holy Ghost. You've got to get in the right place so when the David shows up and the passion is there and the power is burning so that it'll melt the wax so the anointing can come. I hope that somebody's getting this tonight. Amen. Now I want you to know, for where the Spirit of the Lord is, I want to be careful because I want to be sure I give you everything that the Lord has told me to give you. In other words, God said, fill your oil because you're getting ready to use something spiritual in the natural and you're beginning to get ready to use something spiritual to affect something in the natural in your life. And you're going to use what I have already given you to be able to change your natural world. God has already provided the oil. I want you to hear me. God has already told living water. He said, I've already provided the ram's horn. I've already provided the anointing oil. I've already provided the wax. And I've already provided the David. Now it's time for you to rise up out of your morning and go to the house of bread and get your gift that is going to cause you to survive and feed on that bread and wait until it's time for you to open up and release that anointing and don't release that anointing until the horn tells you that you got to release it. Sat that beside him and say the horn knows. Find another and say only the horn knows. The horn knew when it was put over Eliab's head that Eliab, although he was tall and looked good and almost looked like Saul and he looked like a king, was not to be king. Only the horn knew that. Prophet Samuel thought that he was. Jesse thought that he could be. He was the first one that was brought there. He was the most likely one. But when the horn was put over his head, the horn said, No! So when you go to anoint something in your life for your future, you better start listening to the horn. I preach it pretty good, Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm going to say that myself. Amen. 
Listen to the horn. Look at somebody say, listen to the horn. So you got to have discretion and you got to use uh, some, some, some uh, uh, discernment and you've got to pay attention to the understanding of the horn. In other words, don't get so crazy about the money God blesses you with, the gift God blesses you with, that you'll go out and spend it on something that does not affect your natural world and your spiritual world and literally bring your future into where God wants it to be. Amen. Sometimes in the church, the pulpit committee, I grab a hold of a preacher that preaches pretty good. And they say, oh my God, God has sent this man and he can preach. And we're going to put him behind the church pulpit and we're going to have him. And we're going to anoint him to be a pastor and we're going to pay him. And within three months, he's tore the church all to hell. Because they didn't listen to the horn. And it might have been that the one that God wanted behind that pulpit was one that was dread and dead and dry as a corn shut because he had a heart that was after God. And he'd have been the one that when the anointing was released, he'd have came out of his cell and he'd have showed them a brand new man than what they saw on that day they heard. Sometimes in your life, you got to not only have discernment, you got to have some wisdom too. Amen. Smile at somebody say, listen to the horn. Oh my gracious. If we could just get this in our heart and we see it, there's a lot of things in life we wouldn't spend our money on, we wouldn't waste our time on. When people called you on the telephone to talk about all this junk, you'd leave it there because all it's trying to do is affect your future in a negative way. And God said, if you allow the ones that'll speak life into your future and you'll get in the right place, I'll give you a gift that will cause you to survive in the house of bread. And I will take a king and put him over you. And I will be with you all the days of your life. Boy, I feel this tonight. And I'm saying, I wish I had a bigger crowd here to preach to. I wish to God y'all were a little bit more happier than what you were. But God has told me to tell you, you have a horn that's full of oil and there's a little bit of wax there and God is waiting for you to connect with the one that's got enough of power to melt the wax. God said, fill your horn up. Everybody say, fill your horn up. Say it again, say, fill your horn up. Turn around that person right beside you, push him and say, fill your horn up. That means you got to be full. Fill it up. You got to have it full. This year, you got to have to be full. You're going to have to be full by the power of Almighty God. This year, you can't be sitting in church thinking about something else. This year, you can't be sitting at home when church is being done. If you're going to have the anointing of the Lord and this new king and this new heir working in your life, you cannot sit to the house and expect it to come to you. You're going to have to go and get in the alignment with him. And you've got to allow that David to be brought in front of you that's going to release that oil. I'm waiting in this hour right now for the people in this church to get so much on fire that when they stand to worship Almighty God and the wax of that oil begins to melt and God begins to pour it out and it begins to pour from the top of our head to our soul of our feet. And when it does, God said in a happens this time and Janice it will be with you for the rest of your life it will be there every day it will be there everywhere you go everywhere your steps go I will be with you and I will change your natural by the supernatural and change things in your life because you got a heart after me saith almighty God amen, amen. tap that beside me say I'm going to get a fresh anointing you know what I ain't going to be like I used to be I ain't going to be what I was, amen. I'm not going to act like I used to act. Don't expect me to do things that I used to do. Don't expect me to be who I used to be because when I get something brand new, when I get a fresh anointing, the Bible says the anointing comes on you and it changes you. I'm waiting for the day when the anointing hits him right back there and changes him into a brand new man. I'm waiting for the anointing to hit Trevor over here and change him into a brand new person. I'm waiting for this church to finally get some joy in their life when the anointing oil of gladness hits us 
I believe that the Holy Ghost is in this place and every vessel in here needs to give God some praise because God is telling us right now this moment I got a David ready for you I got the anointing ready for you now turn up the heat turn up the fire turn up the heat and I'll melt the wax and I'll pour that anointing out on you amen I want you to do this let's have some fun amen look at your neighbor and say did you know that I got something for you I got something for you I mean, remember in, in, in school when he was upset with somebody, he said, mm, I got something for you. You don't know when, you don't know how, but you better be watching with eyes in the back of your head because I got something for you. I'm here to tell you tonight, I got something for you. God's got something for you. Janice has got something for Katrina. And Katrina's got something for Betty. And Betty's got something for Trevor. And Trevor's got something for Tim. And Ben and Joy and Rose has got something for each other. And God says, I got something for you. Just holler at somebody and say, I got something for you. The problem is, I can't give it to you until you allow me to give it to you. I can't pour it on you. Until you allow me to do so. I can't pour it on you until you melt the wax. I might have $100,000 that God tells me to give away, but you got to melt the wax so that I can get a hold of it and hand it to you. I might have the healing anointing of Almighty God in my life, but you got to get the passion and the fire so that you can melt the wax. Everybody holler out and say, I got to melt that wax. I started to bring my wallet in here and bring my, my, my credit card in here with a $100,000 credit line and lay it up here and say, you know, there's that plastic right there. And if you had enough of power in it to melt that wax right there and get that $100,000, then the Holy Ghost will come down on us tonight. We need the healing power of Almighty God in this church. We need miracles to happen in this church. We need to see people walk in this altar and give their heart to God. We need more people to preach the gospel like they've ever preached before in their life. We need more people to attend in this church and get committed and turn the fire up. And the only way we're going to do it is to melt the waxes in the horn. I was having this, uh, and the reason why I began to see this, I told you this morning, that I went before the Lord, and for the last couple, three weeks, I said, Lord, I'm going to tell you this vision, I'm going to go. I, I was saying, Lord, I've been preaching now on the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the move of the Holy Ghost in this new era that you've got in this church, and it seems like that these people are still asleep, these people are still in the bed, these people, the first scripture I ever read was, Arise, shine, your light has come. In other words, in my language, in our language, wake up, get up out of the bed, there's a brand new day coming, and there's still people in the bed. Still sleep right now. I said, Lord, I need a word. And he said, Tell them to fill their oil, their, their horn with oil and go. Look at your neighbor and say, Fill up your horn with oil and go. So this year, you got to get full. Everybody holler out and say, I got to get full. You cannot start coming to the church and not be full. You need to get full. You need to get full of the Word of God. You need to get full of prayer. You need to get full of the power of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. You've got to get full. When you get full of the Holy Ghost, God's got a little cap on you called the wax. And when you walk in here, it won't take a whole lot for Janice to get happy enough to melt that wax on you and pour that spirit out. And the Bible says, when any two are joined together in my name, he said, I'll be in the midst. So when any two are joined 
coming together full in the oil of Almighty God. When they join under the pattern of Almighty God, the oil of the Lord comes out of the horn and it falls on you and it changes everything. And the power that God gave you is literally double when you get in touch with somebody else that's got a desire to get a hold of the heart of God. Are y'all with me tonight? Amen. Amen. Smile at that person who said, let's all go. God rejected him anyway. He put him out there and he said, I rejected him with this day. I don't even want you to go around him anymore. He said, what I want you to do is I want you to get in the house of God. I want you to go up there and search for the Jesse, which is the gift that is literally a gift of survival that is bread in the house of God that you can feed on for the rest of your life. And in the house of God where you are, he said, I'm going to bring a David to you. And when I bring a David to you, the anointing I put on the inside of you is going to break loose and I'm going to have a revival and I'm changing everything that saith the Holy Word of God. Amen. amen. Mm. Are y'all getting me tonight? If you got me, just say amen. amen. If you're ready to change some stuff, say amen. amen. So I'm telling you here tonight, I'm separating out. Everybody ain't got that kind of faith, do they? We got to separate from Saul now. Amen. I thank you for what I didn't get. I thank God today for what I didn't get. I prayed for a lot of things and I didn't get them. But God gave me what he told me I needed in the house of bread. And here's what I'm waiting for right now. I want you to hear me and I'm hurt. I'm waiting for somebody in this church to melt my flax so I can be all that God wants me to be. Can I say that again? Smile at me over here. Y'all bother me. I'm waiting for somebody in this church to get so on fire for the Lord, they'll melt my flax. And I'll be all God wants me to be. That's what you're waiting for. That's what you're waiting for Tim back there to get so filled with the power of Almighty God that he's going downtown and the anointing of the Lord is falling all over these people that he's run with all these many years and they're seeing a change in his life and they're coming to this church and we're casting devils out of them and they're getting delivered by the power of Almighty God. We're waiting on somebody to turn the heat up. Smile at that person right beside said, when are you going to turn the heat up? God's got something better for you than what you've had all these many years in your life. And he says, you've got to get up, leave where you're at, and go get in alignment so the oil of the Lord can be poured out on it. Are you ready for the oil? Are you ready to pour out your oil? I want you to ask your neighbor right beside him, are you full yet? Now let me share something with you to close. Everybody in here is full. Everybody's full. I'm going to say it again. Everybody's full. You might not think you are, but everybody's full. You come in here and you look like that. Bless me if you can, proud. You come in here and you know that you're strong, but you act like you're weak. You come in here and you like that song, but yet you're sitting there saying, I don't know if I need to clap or not because Eva might say something about it. Okay. <laughs> you come in here and you feel the power of the Holy Ghost and you're going to sit there and you ain't going to move. 
You're full and the devil don't want you to have your wax melted in your life. And God said, get ready and live in water worship center because I'm about to melt the wax and the oil is about to flow. In fact, you better get ready because there's coming an outpouring of my anointing oil upon all flesh. And I'm going to anoint you from the top of your head to your sole of your feet. And I'm going to change the way things are done. And I'm going to reign in life. And I'm going to cause you to reign in life like I would reign in life. And God said, I'm going to do it because you're my Samuel. You're the one that I've called to break loose and change this world and enter in and usher in my era in this church. Someone shout out amen. Stand to your feet. Look at somebody and say, when are you going to melt my wax? When are you going to melt my wax? Amen. Are you glad you come to church tonight? Look at someone and say, I'm going to melt my wax. Oh my gracious. I wish I could get everybody to get this.
Father, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you've been in Monroe, you've been in Fayetteville. Father, you're moving in those wards and you're changing things. We cancel out any decree of the enemy on these lives that they're not going to be able to go forward. And we speak the life of the Holy Ghost upon their life. Holy Ghost, breathe on them even in this hour. And we'll be careful to give you the praise for it all in Jesus' name. Be God and direct us, bring us back in love and in unity as we come together and we melt the wax of your holy anointing oil in our horn. And we'll give you the praise for it all in Jesus' name. And let the church shout out amen and amen. Sing this with me, say somebody's wax this week. Amen.